0: Is Twitter's fail whale now richer than Shamu? This,
1: this. Can I get a help to buy loan on an igloo? To be this, to be this Helen and Ollie, to be this Sorry listeners, sorry for the fact that there wasn't an episode last week, sorry
0: It's all your fault, it you is, should be sorry It
1: is my fault If we'd done the episode, Ollie, it would have sounded like this Oh uh,
0: A question
1: from Alex <coughs> Because uh, I had bronchitis, so I'd lost my voice, and I was coughing all the time, and I wanted to die.
0: That wasn't very well either, thank you And and
1: Martin the Sandman wasn't very well. Which, of course, is more important than me not being here, you know, uh, half of the uh, main Answer Me This duo. That's
0: right. You'd just be shading into a vacuum, I couldn't offend you. A couple of you did tweet us, actually, to say that, uh, you know, why didn't you do an episode which was just you and Martin, Ollie? (laughs) Um,
1: (laughs) I don't want to be arrogant and say that I'm indispensable, but I think in this case... you just bloody have. Yeah. And others of you have suggested that you replace me with Siri. (laughs)
0: <laughs> although, although, oh, oh, there's the cough. Proof, <laughs> proof that you're real. Going to do Ollie. that as thanks, often as possible throughout thank, the show.
1: Thanks for your mockery, Ollie. <laughs> I was coughing up blood. Thank you. Yeah. I coughed so hard I threw up my dinner. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Uh, I was just going to say... Reg- Sick note. <laughs> well, in Answer Me This, episode 277...
1: Pre-bronchitis era. Yes,
0: as it will forever now age. be known. PB. Yeah. We asked you for your anecdotes of when you have urinated in the vicinity of a celebrity. Yep. Here's a piss from Phil from London who says... Uh, a couple of years ago, I was working in the O2 arena. Mm-hmm. I went to the toilet uh, and found myself having a piss between Michael McIntyre <gasps> and... The short one out of JLS. (laughs) A doubler. A
1: a double celebropist requires a lot of technique.
0: You can't look anywhere in the room apart from dead ahead without seeing a celebrity wang. I talked to them a bit throughout the evening, having served them, um, but as the rules of the men's toilets go, no conversation happened, urinal to urinal.
1: Correct celebropist etiquette. Well, that's pretty starry, but not as starry as this celebropist from Adam from California, who says... While eating in a post-celebrity-owned eatery, I ran into the celebrity that owned the eatery whilst taking a leak.
0: Okay, so that's one you're probably kind of expecting, but thinking, yeah. I bet that guy's not actually here. No, Was we- it Morgan Freeman, Robert De Niro? Wait, Ollie, wait.
1: Wait. As I was doing my business at the urinal... You're not supposed to do a poo at the urinal. <laughs> none other than THE Clint Eastwood... Oh, not oh, A, a Clint that. Eastwood, THE Clint Eastwood... Mm. Sidled up next to me to let his dirty Harry out.
0: <laughs> Even if Clint Eastwood was standing next to me at the urinal... Looking down at my penis, I'd feel safe because... His, his eyesight's probably gone now, hasn't it? He, he's, he's not going to be able to recall any detail.
1: If he was talking to a chair maybe he would yeah. start talking to the rhino. Hi, Helen and Ollie. It's Lucy from Sheffield in Winchester. Helen and Ollie, answer me this. Is it true that Americans don't have kinder eggs? And why? Because they're illegal. They are. Contraband. In fact, you can get fined thousands, I, I heard. Yeah. For bringing them
0: in. Well... I haven't For seen smuggling
1: them in in condoms in your stomach.
0: <laughs> I haven't seen any evidence that people have been fined these huge amounts that Customs and Border Protection claim they will charge. Yeah. But certainly, as recently as July last year... US Customs and Border Protection agents seized six of them during a two-hour detention of Whoa. two men flying from Vancouver to Seattle with Kinder Eggs.
1: That's six. That is for um, personal use. And exactly. Yeah. I mean, and, I fly home with more bags of Cheetos than that, and those are surely <laughs> illegal here because those things are wrong.
0: Yeah, and they make you buzz for a week.
1: Yeah, wrong uh, and amazing. They
0: turn you orange, oh, that's my excuse. Yeah. Um, but uh, <laughs> they, uh, they said in the article relating to this, by the way, If you come in with these kinder eggs, you will be charged two and a half (laughs) thousand (laughs) dollars per egg. But I haven't seen the evidence that they actually charged those men two and a half thousand dollars. I wonder if they've actually ever really done it.
1: The eggs are only really worth probably 80 cents if if they were allowed to sell them. Do you know they seized apparently more than 60,000 kinder eggs uh, from baggage and international mail in the financial year of 2011?
0: It's such a waste of everyone's life, isn't it? Mm. So anyway, yes, this is illegal, and it's illegal because of the risk of choking.
1: Oh, well, it's because of a very specific 1938 Federal Food, Drug and Cosmetic Act, which outlaws candy with any object embedded that doesn't serve a function. So a lollipop stick is functional, but the plastic toy is not functional. That's entertainment.
0: 1938. It's incredible to think what the Americans were fiddling around with in legislature whilst we were preparing to uh, kill the Nazis, isn't it? And
1: also, Kinder Eggs—they were a long way off then. Back then, it was probably what an apple with a wooden toy stuck yeah, in it.
0: Sure, okay, but but the reason the re- and this is this is a serious thing—I'm not yes, going to make yes, light of yes. this. Yes. The reason it, they, they keep reaffirming their commitment to this is because of the risk of choking. And actually, apparently, three kids have died in the UK from kinder eggs and two really? in Europe. So actually, it, it does. it's a potential choking hazard. And it's choking on the casing of the toy, right?
1: But that's weird because you would think that there are things like Gobstoppers that you're so much more likely to choke on because yeah. they're supposed to be in your mouth I know. and they will choke your wimper. And,
0: and I wonder, actually, like how many children a year choke eating grass? how many choke on a bucket and spade? Like, kids put things in their mouths anyway.
1: I nearly choke on a throat lozenge the other day. And also, the stupid thing is that someone has managed to get around this ban by manufacturing something that's very similar to Kinder eggs, but you can see a little rim of plastic in between the two chocolate halves, so you know there's plastic within. Except that could easily be yellow chocolate, and you could still choke on what's within. It's just the fact that you can see it when you unwrap the egg. That's not fun
0: either, is it? Because that's not a surprise. The point of Kinder is that it's a surprise. How would it be a surprise if you can see there's a surprise in it? There's no surprise there, even though the word surprise is written on the packet of kinder surprise. But
1: the child suspects.
0: Kinder suspicions would be like the adult (laughs) version. With, like, little play handcuffs in there. (laughs) Actually,
1: there probably are adult kinder eggs somewhere. I mean, someone in Europe must have manufactured
0: those. It's such a clever design when you think about it, the fact that the casing looks like yolk. It never really occurred to me As a child But it's yellow coloured Isn't it
1: Can't bloody open them though mm. Can you Maybe well, that's why people choke Because you try and chew them open Yes
0: you do And actually I think They've ch- they've changed the design For that reason I, I didn't realise this Because I haven't bought A Kinder Surprise for 20 years What? But, why, um, why are
1: you punishing yourself
0: Well have, When was the last time You bought one
1: Probably a couple of years ago
0: Apparently they've changed The design since the one You're thinking of So the, <sighs> the casing we're thinking of Is two halves stuck together right? Really really hard yeah, to open really hard yeah. to open. The surprise is You can't open the surprise What what
1: <laughs> <laughs> wah, wah. <laughs> Bit
0: of obcom there um, <laughs> But um, <laughs> They now have one that's on a single hinge so it's just one whole Uh. moulded piece of plastic with a single hinge so you just open it like a coffin and that's the surprise where's
1: the danger then where's the
0: danger (laughs) the choking is part of the fun
1: here is another question about plastic toys from Duffy from Northwood who says Ollie answer me this how did action man get his
0: scar well never mind the scar how did he get the string in his back (laughs) what's the point
1: he's had a lot of damage in action because he has no genitals Mm. So the scar really It's it's on his face isn't it It
0: It is on his face yes
1: That is just a a badge of honour really isn't it Showing that he's been in combat
0: The story of Action Man is yes That he got his scar through uh, Action Yes through action Um, He was in a bitch fight with G.I. Joe He was was wounded in action is what he was No he can't be in a bitch fight with G.I. Joe Helen Because he is one and the same
1: Uh, Action Man and G.I.
0: Joe don't share territories
1: No but a lot of people are self-hating (laughs)
0: <laughs> it's the ultimate Jekyll it's and Hyde like, story It's like Fight Club <laughs> Possibly. Um So yes yeah. Americans who don't know We have G.I. Joe In this country We call him Action Man He's otherwise identical Because
1: G.I. just didn't mean Anything Not to the British thing. market That's right Action however
0: Yeah we're all about the action We are so much um, The reason he has a scar Is because if he has a scar You can copyright the doll uh. without the scar, he's just human male form, which is much harder to copy. Right now, well, I why, take issue with that. Why
1: doesn't Barbie have a scar then?
0: Well, <laughs>
1: <laughs> why don't they move to Lay like Barbie's face?
0: <laughs> well, maybe maybe Barbie carries emotional scars. From
1: all the plastic surgery, <laughs> yeah, probably. I'm
0: trying to pump herself up in various different outfits to appeal to Ken. Mm. Um,
1: well, you're never going to get him Barbie because he's not interested in women.
0: <laughs> well, okay. I actually agree. I think um, probably When it came down to it Especially a company like Hasbro or Mattel or Mm. whatever You know, if they took it to court If if another company came along and came up with Warman (laughs) You would be able to say Actually, we came up first in the market With the idea of a a doll That is based on a man That's wearing military clothes That appeals to boys And we came up with the Action Man concept And you've stolen it And actually, probably, you could copyright that But it just Uh. makes it much easier if you put the scar on Because then it's a clear... Copyright issue it yeah, has got a scar It's Action Man
1: Yeah but then You could make Warman With a blemish free mm. face But a bad knee
0: Yeah and that's fine Right Give him some shrapnel But it means that Action Man can be Distinguished from the uh, Rip off ones well, But I think kids can tell I think kids are incredibly uh, Yes picky and brand loyal If you yeah. bought a kid Who wants an Action Man A Warman, Warman yeah. They'd be furious They would
1: Well allow me Ollie To blow your mind Even further With a little tidbit Of information about Another way in which Hasbro attempted to Prevent potential Design infringement G.I. Joe's thumbnail was on the wrong side of his thumb. It was on the side where the thumbprint would be. This was just a mistake uh, in early samples. Pretty big mistake, isn't it? But they yeah. decided to keep it because that sorted out the fakes from the real.
0: Mm. I've got another fact about uh, scars. Great. Um, <laughs> in this context. Right. Uh, which is that it might go to help explain why they've retained the scar over the years. Uh, and that's that women mm. apparently find, find scars sexy. Yes. But uh, do they
1: find 12-inch plastic dolls sexy? Um,
0: well, yes. Where are they putting these <laughs> Very different men. dolls. Mm. Um, this is a study from the Universities of Liverpool and Stirling working together on this important research.
1: And who'd have thought anything could bring those rivals together?
0: <laughs> they did a study asking 100 or so, I think it was 112 or something. Not
1: a big enough sample Not, not very many, no, mm. but
0: enough for a stilly press release. Yeah. Uh, asking over 100 women to rank in order of attractiveness Pictures of different men. Apparently, the men that had slight facial scarring were ranked as men they would be more likely and interested to have a brief fling with than the men who didn't. But when it came to long term relationships, they ranked equally.
1: That to me does not seem to be influential in the action man sales pitch because they're not asking these women to rank whether you find a man with scarring or. A plastic doll with fuzzy hair and a swivelly neck
0: I'm certainly not saying that the merchandise designers consider this fact when marketing to children But I'm talking in terms (laughs) of cause and effect here Isn't it interesting that a generation of women who perhaps grew up seeing the Action Man doll And perhaps James Bond as well often has a scar on his face Might be programmed to think a man like that, he's a bit reckless You wouldn't settle down with him, but he'd be a good shag
1: I don't think women find scars attractive because of Action Man I think they find well, scars attractive, and Action Man has one. It's because it shows that someone has had a bit of life. Had a bit and of a life, yeah. Perfection on a man is—it can seem a bit weird. Like Zac Efron doesn't seem masculine in his uh, high yeah, school I know what you incarnation. Mean, yes.
0: Like that kind of boyish look. Often, it's the young girls and the gay men that go for.
1: Apparently, it's different um, at various times per month because another study has been done. I don't have the exact figures. Another but really probably, important piece of work, yes.
0: scientific work.
1: So I think they showed women pictures of girly faced celebrities this was the 90s they showed them Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. and around the time they were ovulating women found girly looking men more attractive because they associated them with men that if they procreated with them they were more likely to stick around uh, but, but whereas the rugged ones were the ones yeah. you know they would shag at other times of the month okay but then those are the ones who are the typical hunter-gatherer I suppose
0: exactly like in a way they might feel tied down by a baby and yet the boyish looking men they're going to be the ones that have got teenage girls flinging themselves at them I actually, Look, we're going more of a risk.
1: I'm not sure that in, in cave times yes. that was such a, a problem. <laughs> you know, pinning up on your cave wall, yeah. what would you even use to attach? Sap. No, no, that's a good to point. That poster. That's a good point. I've got a
0: question. Then email your question. Do answer me this podcast at Googlemail.com. Answer me this podcast at Googlemail.com. Answer me this podcast at Googlemail.com. Answer me this podcast at
1: Googlemail.com. Here's a question from Hilda from Norway who says Ollie, answer me this. Who came up with self tanning lotion? Why are you
0: asking me, Hilda?
1: Why, why indeed? Ollie's, could... Ollie's never touched any.
0: I've never touched the fake tan.
1: Natural glow. <laughs>
0: That's right. Natural glow. Every time I walk in the salon, they're like, whoa, Winton, how did you get like that? All on your own.
1: <laughs> One of the uh, dancers in Strictly Come Dancing a couple of weeks ago had um, two doses of fake tan. So it looked like he was trying to black up to match his celebrity partner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he was. Maybe. Subliminally.
1: Oh, it was hmm. awkward. Hilda says, how did it catch on? And when did the colour go from a normal tan? To the colour
0: of an orange. Now, I'd actually argue that the predominant colour of fake tan nowadays has actually come back towards light brown again.
1: I think it's less orange. I think in in the very beginning of tanning, they did not have the technology to make it... uh, an appropriate colour for a human being rather than a fruit
0: The technology is innovating and improving All the time um, But like all these things actually I think this is more about fashion I think it's more that it's celebrity led mm. If you think about how the Beckhams looked 10 years ago To mm. how they look now they are less orange now And it's not just because He's they're...
1: tattooed most of his visible skin <laughs> No
0: it's because the fashion has moved to looking a bit more And I think it's because mm. you've got these Paler women being very fashionable themselves. So, you know, film stars that seem to be sexy, even though they were very pale.
1: Well, also, it's, it's like everything, isn't it? When it catches on with the commoners, then the trend reverses. Yes. So it was a posh trend, wasn't it, to be pale? Because it suggested you'd never have to go out in the sun like a poor person. Yes. And then Coco Chanel decided that tanning was fashionable and then they invented fake tans
0: it is often the case that people credit Coco Chanel because they say that her sort of stepping off a yacht in Antibes or whatever it was in 1925 everyone was like "Oh, okay you can have money and have a tan she
1: was a, she must have had great PR because you know everyone's like oh she invented the little black dress she she cribbed it from servants uniforms <laughs> and and then managed to get everyone who was rich to buy one Hmm. Well done her, I suppose And
0: Chanel Number 5 actually was just from the natural odour of servants as well It's
1: (laughs) it's actually floor cleaner (laughs) Um,
0: But the point is, even though everyone talks about Coco Chanel inspiring Mm -hmm. this You can inspire the fashion for a tan But of course for about, as far as I can work out, three decades after that People aspired to get that tan simply by sitting in the sun Yeah, they would
1: really frazzle themselves themselves.
0: Didn't occur to them that there'd be a product to do this for you So it wasn't actually until the 1950s uh, That we saw the beginnings of the first fake tan bottled product Uh, It was called Man Tan. (laughs)
1: And it still is now, because of its most faithful
0: user. (laughs) And um, like many fake tan lotions today, its active ingredient was dihydroxyacetone.
1: That's interesting, because most active ingredients in pharmaceuticals have changed a bit in in the last 60-odd years, you know, in in cosmetics and stuff. Yeah,
0: well, I guess this is a natural thing. It's derived from sugar cane.
1: It causes a reaction in your skin's amino acids, the DHA, that causes them to go brown. Um, I read that the reason why they discovered this was uh, because a, a nurse in the 1920s spilt some DHA on a diabetes patient she was trying to treat with it, because it's from sugarcane, and oh, it wow. turned them brown.
0: And she thought, in the future...
1: In 30 years' time, Mantan's be... going to really think this is great.
0: <laughs> I don't believe that story. No, Although why... I suppose these things have to be invented somehow, don't yeah, they?
1: Yeah, no, I but I've, why the 30-year gap? I know that there were some world wars to fight, but... Just don't see that coming well time.
0: actually in truth There's another 30 year gap Between that product being invented in the 1950s mm. And then actually fake tan lotion Really beginning to sell in the 1980s
1: Is that because people suddenly became aware Of the ageing and damaging effects of the sun
0: No oh. but very nearly uh. It's because people suddenly became aware of the ageing And very damaging effects of sun beds. Uh, Because in the 1980s Sunbeds were a huge Growth industry By growth You mean melanomas (laughs) Yeah And suddenly People in the UK Were able to have a tan Mm. Even if Well not just the UK Anyway Northern Europe or whatever Mm. Able to have a tan Even if they couldn't Before it was only people Who could afford to go On package holidays That had the tans And that grew and grew All the way through the 80s And then suddenly There was all this research Saying oh but it gives you cancer Mm. Um and so that's why suddenly, at that point, people who had become used to having orange skin turned to fake tan bottles. Mm. And, and as you say, at first, they hadn't quite modified the solution down so that it is quite as advanced and clever as it is now. So that you, actually, it used to stink a bit, didn't it? And it used to make you yeah. buy orange.
1: Yeah, didn't smell of
0: biscuits or something. That was its notorious stench. Yeah, that's what people said. I always thought it smelled a bit of like stale tea bags, but like it's a similar sort of thing. Well,
1: that's interesting, because apparently during the Second World War, people used to smear themselves with tea bags to uh, get a kind of fake tan look.
0: Why would you need that during the war? You had other concerns, Yeah, but you surely. still want
1: to look nice so you can have sex with all the GIs.
0: <laughs> Don't you just look a bit like you've got dirt on your look, face? Look,
1: Martin, they were painting their legs with gravy browning so they couldn't afford stockings, So, you know, there was a lot of suspension of disbelief at the yeah. time. Uh, have you ever been on a sunbed?
0: Um, my dad has a sunbed at home
1: Does he? Does he ever use it?
0: He, well he's got psoriasis So he uses oh. it in bursts To try and cure that
1: Oh okay That's different um, then Because that's stimulating It has a medicinal and purpose and, yeah.
0: um, But the really rank thing Is when he uses it And then bits of his flaky skin ah. Are on the bed ah. underneath ah. And then we have a guest Staying over And we forget to change the sheets That's oh. happened oh. a few oh. times It's
1: not like the ones Which are a Dodge Foreman grill That you can fit a human in It's <laughs> it yeah, clamshell is, type Yeah is it no. a more portable device?
0: No, no it's not at all portable oh. it, It's just a lamp So mm-hmm. it doesn't oh, have the bottom okay. half You lie on a bed And the lamp goes over your body And
1: then you have to Flip yourself over and Halfway through And then you have through. to Flip yourself
0: over Halfway through mm. But then if you do Have guests around Use the vacuum <laughs> Or
1: change the sheets. Or change
0: the sheets Yeah it's not hard is it Or
1: he could just Lay a, a tanning sheet Over the top of the bed Couldn't yeah. he
0: I, I, I guess Anything like that Would be seen by my father To be a bit puffy So he'd rather, wow. he'd rather Have his flaky skin All over the bed Compromise his masculinity in he, such a way. He has
1: a very perturbing values system. He was
0: born in 1945, Helen. I Things don't know, were as different. Not much we interests. can do about it. He's
1: just smeared himself with tea bags That's right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Every woman he ever saw was smeared in tea.
1: <laughs> I always wanted my website to look pretty, but with my rudimentary skills, it always looked shitty. How can I make it all modern and stylish and witty?
0: Well, I'll tell you. With Squarespace.com there's tons of templates to use And loads of fonts and plugins and colours to choose It only took me 20 minutes to build My shrine to Tom Cruise Thinking man's crumpet
1: Yes, this episode is brought to you by the generosity of Squarespace and I'm being very generous to you listeners because along with the free fortnight of tinkering with the Squarespace product of uh, building yourself a fancy website, uh, you can also get 10% off if you want to buy that website forevermore and uh, the code you enter to do that is answer11. That's right. Number 11, not word 11.
0: Correct. But also, if you make a particularly beautiful website, and it's difficult not to using Squarespace... Yeah,
1: not just beauty, functional. Yeah, true. I mean, what's the point of superficial beauty in a website if it doesn't do anything?
0: Pinterest? Uh, (laughs) don't know. Anyway, yes, you're right. Beautiful and functional website. Uh, If you create one of those, be sure to tweet a link to it using the hashtag AMTSquarespace. Uh, And at the end of the month, the end of November, we're going to choose our favourite, and then uh, Squarespace will reward you... With a completely free website for a whole year, uh, and that includes, by the way, you know, as much storage space for music and stuff that you want to sell oh, or display good. as you want, and the domain name. You get the URL free with Squarespace as well. That's
1: so, a storage space—you could, could really go to town with that.
0: Time for a question of drink now. It is from Emma and Tom, who say, "Helen, answer me this: What is the difference between ginger ale and well? What they say is, what's the difference between ginger ale and beer?" But I think we all know that yeah. they mean what's the difference between ginger ale and ginger beer?
1: Right. Well, the difference is ginger ale is rubbish and ginger beer is brilliant.
0: Okay. Ginger ale is very weak tasting, isn't it? Is it? Is it more diluted? Is that yeah, it? Well, sort of no. Lemonade. Well,
1: well, ginger beer technically is fermented, whereas ginger ale is just ginger-flavoured carbonated water.
0: Fine. So, can you get alcoholic ginger ale? I guess that's the point.
1: I think theoretically you could.
0: But it would be a mixer, wouldn't it? Someone would yeah. have taken ginger ale, the soft drink, and mixed it with a shot of something. Ginger ale's yeah. a mixer, generally, isn't it? Would you have it with the um...
1: weak piss? <laughs> whiskey, do you have whiskey and ginger? Probably Possibly.
0: I, I'm saying this like I'm not interested I love ginger beer But I yes. just don't think about it I like crabbies a lot Alcoholic just, ginger beer. Alcoholic ginger beer is brilliant, so but what? it's not. It, it, it's it's like fifth on the repertoire of drinks. Old, I have it like once every couple of months, and I'll have one because it's really sugary. Old but Jamaica.
1: Like Old Jamaica ginger beer. Jamaica is Is, is, is yeah. the best yeah, it's because very gingery. You want yeah, exactly. You yeah. want your ginger drink to be gingery, whereas yeah. ginger ale doesn't even taste of ginger. It just yeah. tastes like watered down rubbish. You don't
0: want to gingerly be drinking your ginger drink. God
1: no. <laughs> you want to be wincing slightly, like when you have a really hot wasabi pee.
0: Yes. Hello, this is Anna from Bristol. Helen and Ollie asked me this. I am eating some Marmite on bread, and I really like Marmite. I eat it all the time. And I was just wondering whether Marmite is actually good for you in any way, like it says on the packet, or whether it is actually just like eating fortified salt yeast.
1: Well, it is both those things. It is good for you because it is fortified salt yeast. But it has been... Fortified with folic acid, which can uh, help against anemia. Uh, it's, it's full of B vitamins, which are very useful for you. A lack of B vitamins can contribute to depression, and things like vitamin B2 give you lovely hair and nails. It's high in vitamin B12, which elderly people are often short of. But the most important thing scientists think, but they are testing this at the moment on rodents, is that it's high in niacin, which is vitamin B3. And they think this helps boost the body's defences against Staphylococcus bacteria, which, uh, one of which is uh, MRSA. Mm. Uh, they say it could boost your defences Up to a thousand fold But on the other hand I reckon to really reap the nutritional benefit Of any of these vitamins You would have to eat more marmite Than the human body can stomach Because it is so salty And usually you're eating it in a tiny quantity You know what uh, marmite apparently is good for though? Repelling mosquitoes But I don't know whether it's good at that If you eat it or if you smear your body with it Because if you're smeared with marmite Then you're going to repel everything
0: mm. Mm. Except for
1: marmite lovers Who are going to come and lick you But they are perverts
0: I, don't, I just don't think they would I don't really? think the taste of Marmite on skin is. You wouldn't want it near the bed sheets, would you? That's the thing. Even if you liked it temporarily in the moment, the shame afterwards of having a bed that smelled of Marmite. Mm. Mm,
1: unless you had black bed sheets, like kind of eighties sleaze.
0: Yeah, I but guess.
1: even then, you would you would smell yeasty.
0: I wonder if Peter Stringfellow has ever smeared his penis with Marmite. That's basically what we're speculating to, bet, Isn't I it? I
1: bet he has. I bet he he's has.
0: done most things, hasn't
1: he? And also, he is now one of the elderly, so he would benefit from the vitamin B twelve.
0: He's probably just got confused one day. Probably thought it was toast.
1: He likes a tan. Mm. Maybe he thought, "I'll <laughs> oh, be a rich mahogany if I put the marmite on." Please send us an email, we love to keep in touch. If you send us an email, we'll like you very much. It's our podcast at googlemail.com That's our
0: podcast at googlemail.com
1: So please send us an email, or we won't know you're there. And if we like your email, we'll read it out on air.
0: This is from Maz from London. Uh, She says, I've recently gone through a traumatic breakup. uh, The kind where you lie in bed all day sobbing into one of his old t-shirts.
1: Sometimes you just want the smell of the person.
0: Mm. Uh, I am a lover of movies, says Maz. I thought maybe I'd cheer myself up by watching some films. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Presumably not ones in which a a spinster ends up alone. Um, But I didn't fancy anything too heavy.
1: Fair enough. It's not the time to be watching... Bergman is it (laughs)
0: no no one wants 12 years a slave when they're trying to make (laughs) themselves feel better
1: although it is a heavy contender for the Oscars isn't Uh, it
0: it is yeah yeah I'm looking forward to it Uh, but at the same time says Maz I don't want to watch anything too brain numbingly stupid
1: fair enough that leaves a lot of films available to you that's
0: right yeah Rom-coms would be a perfect genre for my mood Of
1: heartbreak, yeah, of um, course, brilliant yeah, sure. <laughs> Well diagnosed, No, I
0: know what she means She says being light-hearted and funny With serious and heartfelt moments okay. that's, that's true, isn't it? You know, the tone is essentially light-hearted
1: It's digestible, isn't it? There'll be
0: dramatic turns But nothing too serious in most of them It'll be colourful Exactly uh, However, she says The idea of watching people ending up together And living happily ever after Makes me feel physically ill Uh, So, Helen, answer me this. Are there any rom-coms where the couple don't get together at the end, (laughs) but everyone involved is still happy with themselves and their lives? Um, She says, uh, ironically, as a postscript, uh, I tried PS I love you uh, because I read in the synopsis that the husband died.
1: Woo! What (laughs) logs!
0: Um, And so I was pretty confident that the ending wouldn't involve the inception of a new relationship so soon after the death of a spouse, but I was wrong. Uh, also isn't
1: that a Hillary Swank film She's not made many good films And the good films she has made are not rom-coms
0: My experience with rom-coms is limited Since I was about 16 I, We were lucky in a way to, to grow
1: up in the golden era of rom-coms The so, late 80s early the, 90s Exactly yes.
0: I, I think I, I was uh, I, I, I'm old enough that I remember When Harry met Sally coming out at the cinema mm. Now I didn't go and see it obviously You were not old enough to go Yeah exactly yeah. but I remember it coming out And I remember yeah. Four Weddings and a Funeral coming out yes. And hearing about that and then when I went to the cinema There was some decent things like Groundhog Day
1: Action films were starting to become the ascendant though Weren't they at the time Yes
0: But it still meant that comedy horror A good grounding I think in, yeah. in rom-coms and, and the golden era of Richard Curtis Before he went really terrible too
1: Okay well that's like Half film then isn't it no,
0: I think that's harsh Tall Guy, Four Weddings and a Funeral Tall Guy And Notting Hill are all perfectly watchable good films Yes. But they will end up with the protagonist getting together with a They do, so not good for this situation. Yes. all right, So all right. what can we suggest? Okay. Sliding doors. Do they not get together at the end of well, Sliding doors? Well, I don't want to spoil it, but well, things they just happen. Have. Yeah. They kind of don't get together at the end of it. Okay. There's a, a frisson of, like, graduate-like potential. Okay. But,
1: well, I tell you, when Harry met Sally, it's almost immaterial that they get together, because it's so near the end. You could just stop five minutes before the end. And it
0: is about...
1: Something else
0: Well it's kind of about The dangers of them Getting together yeah. So even if at the end It's sort of You're supposed to feel Happy they get together It's still fraught With d- difficulties And you don't know It's yeah. going to work out yeah. Do you?
1: I'd say strictly ballroom as well It barely matters That they kind of get together At the end Because it is about other things mm. Celeste and Jessie Forever Is a recent film That was about a couple Who have already split up uh-huh. And it's about the friendship They have afterwards And that going wrong-ish So there you don't have To worry about them uh, You know it's already happened They're already in your position And then um, Kissing Jessica Stein, that's um, a lesbian couple that don't end up together. Uh, Before Midnight, I haven't seen it, but I understand it has a lot of marital arguments in it. Hmm. So maybe they don't end up together Some like it hot
0: I don't know if that quite counts as a rom-com But it's certainly a caper It certainly yeah. involves love And they definitely don't get together at the end Because one of them's a transvestite Right, what
1: about, what about Harold and Maud?
0: The, the classic one, I would say, in this genre In fact, some would say The the prototype for romantic comedies Is Annie Hall and of course, oh, so There must be a lot yeah. of Woody Allen pictures yeah. Where the, the punchline is And I slept with her sister And yeah. it all went wrong <laughs> yeah. well, But particularly in Annie Hall It's about them both feeling comfortable With the fact they split up at the end isn't And, it? and yeah. also,
1: it's not a relationship you envy and I think maybe that's important. Maybe maybe what you want out of the rom com maz where it's kind of aspirational, but they don't end up together at then, maybe you should be looking at friend relationships so something like Babette's Feast or, or watching oh. Gilmore Girls the TV series or you can even watch 30 Rock because it has the same kind of gloss to as a rom-com but Liz Lemon's Love Life is mm. firstly not of primary importance and secondly pretty rubbish probably
0: better to avoid love stories at all isn't it I'm not sure I agree with okay. Masley's thinking isn't it better just to watch Knockabout Slapstick I mean wouldn't you be mm. better watching Laurel and Hardy if you want to cheer yourself up
1: yeah or, or okay here are some suggestions not exactly rom-com but they they seem to have the kind of vaguely romantic repartee you you want but but don't want at the same time, rear window,
0: Mm. You
1: know, romantic. <laughs>
0: that's, that's about a sinister guy spying on people
1: He's not sinister He
0: is a bit he's, I know it's directed sympathetically So you're not thinking Jimmy he's Stewart. sinister Jimmy Stewart How can he be sinister? <laughs> but he's, he is spying on people
1: Yeah but it's a, a thriller with comic elements And I'd also say The Graduate Because firstly yeah. Not a relationship you envy Secondly it is very funny But
0: in a kind of horrible way mm.
1: Cabaret not a rom-com And they don't end <laughs> up together They don't end up together And that's yeah. what she wanted
0: It's not that happy either it does end in the Holocaust if What about you, planes, trains and automobiles That's a good one. Excellent suggestion Martin. In fact, most John Hughes films for this sort of occasion of heartbreak, I think, are a good suggestion.
1: Black Widow, <laughs> where she kills all the guys, so she can't end up with him. That's
0: a good movie. Well, I think we've done all we can with this question. We've offered many, many titles there. Uh, but it could be listeners that, as you're thinking, you know exactly the right title that got you through your heartbreak.
1: Yeah, and maybe, in fact, a lot of listeners have a different genre that they preferred. Maybe they preferred watching things where everyone was blowing stuff up and punching each other. Maybe, yeah, like the aggression yeah.
0: I think I would go for musicals. I haven't really ever known heartbreak, but I think, oh. as always in these occasions, I would definitely fault to Beauty and the Beast oh, <laughs> which is a love story that's also. really sweet just makes me feel good um, oh. or Mary Poppins anyway, anyway uh, listeners, if you have a suggestion that yeah. you would like to recommend to Maz from London of a film that uh, ends not with the couple getting together but is uplifting and fun mm. uh, then please send them through uh, and all the uh, contact details for us are listed on our website answer me this dot com
1: and you can also use those contact details to send us a question indeed and actually
0: also on that website uh, you can click through and get our love film trials so uh, yes. if, if this idea of watching lots of box sets of things appeals to you, you can get a free month of Love Film and we get money from them if you do.
1: Twin Peaks, they so. don't really end up together in that.
0: <laughs> so you can try Dawson's that.
1: Creek's on there, he's always Lovelorn. Yes, he is. Uh, also, I'll, I'll put a link on there to the other podcast that I make, Sound Women. Uh, which is a monthly mm. podcast it's about the radio industry but uh, this month i interviewed charlotte church
0: briefly don't have to be interested in the radio industry to be interested in charlotte church she, do you no she was talking fellas. about the ob-
1: objectification of uh, young women so hey, thanks how for about that, ollie. that boys
0: yeah <laughs> nice reinforcement you're a monster uh, no it's good it's good it's a good podcast i can say
1: uh anyway you can find it at soundcloud.com soundwomen anyone else got any side projects they want to plug ollie Nope. What have you been up to? No. <laughs> no You've no got, got an empty life. Just this. Well, yeah. still
0: the, the, the existential meltdown album is still out. Uh, that's, oh, yes.
1: Fundraising. Well, fundraising. All the kids on
0: the street are is Raising it? money for the Arts Emergency Charity. Available at? Uh, Existentialmeltdown.bandcamp.com Gives you more than enough to do until next week's show. Sure does. And we'll see you then. Bye! Bye.